sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. And we are back. Hour number three, Pharrell coast to coast on a Tuesday. Carver High and Joe Lisi in for Scotty here on Sports Grid and Sports Grid Radio. It is great to have you with us. Of course, Joe is with me every Tuesday and Wednesday. He'll be with me Fridays as well now until Scotty gets back with us. Uh, of course, you can catch me and Joe. It's really the extended ger- uh, version of the very popular. Uh, now, Sports Grid Radio Show, Carver and Lisi, which airs weeknights at 8 p.m. East. Uh, so we have that cook. And in fact, Joe, I just talked to Coach, who we normally have on Wednesday nights uh, on Carver and Lisi. Coach going to come on tonight in the first hour because of all these uh, massive NBA games uh, that we have cooking tonight, Joe. So we'll take a couple minutes away from breaking down Tulane SMU uh, to talk a little bit of live betting with these NBA games tonight, Joe, if that's all right. Yeah, we'll take threes. I mean, you know, wait until the calendar comes, the holiday calendar comes out of Carver and Lisi. I mean, just yes. wait until that, you know, for your, your stocking stuffers, huh? What do you think about that? You know, have Carver out there, you know, out by the pool, right? You know, oh, yeah. with the parlay window open. That's yeah. it. No, no, no doubt, Joe. Uh, and oiled up. We're going to get to the college football now. Uh, of course, we have a lot to do. Uh, Ten big games, conference championship games this week. The Crack Crab and Lobster Committee will release their penultimate rankings tonight. Uh, maybe give us a little peek into uh, what they're thinking about before this weekend's championship games of who's going to be in the playoff which, of course, we'll find out for good on Sunday. But first, we welcome in all of our radio affiliates. Frell Coast to Coast on a Tuesday. Carver High and Jolisi in for Scotty. Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM 159, Sports Byline. Great to have you with us. We kick this hour off with the Maxwell Minute. Our man Rich Sermonello breaking it down from this past weekend. Hey, Mike, uh, ready to talk for the uh, final time, at least in the regular season, about the players of the week from the Maxwell perspective. Regular season in the books. It's incredible uh, how fast it's gone. I'm going to start on offense with the Maxwell Award Player of the Week. It's Joe Milton of Tennessee. Mike, we haven't talked about Milton really much at all this year, eh? but we had a chance on Saturday to see the player that we thought we would throughout his senior season. I know it was a against Vanderbilt, not a great defense, but what NFL scouts want to see in this 6'5", 235-pound quarterback is exactly what they did on Saturday. Big, strong, accurate arm, throws four touchdown passes, athleticism outside of the pocket, runs for two scores, throws for 383, accounts for six touchdowns, first time that's happened for for a Tennessee player. Since Jonathan Crompton in 2009, first time it's happened against an SEC opponent in well over a decade. So Joe Milton finishes strong on senior day. Let's see if he plays in the bowl game now for the Volunteers. Now on defense, 
Another kid we haven't talked about, another kid with SEC ties. It's former Florida edge rusher David Reese, who now plays for the Cal Bears. Cal, three and six at one point this season, now six and six, and bowl eligible for Justin Wilcox. Some much needed 15 practices that program will get in December. Reese is a huge reason why they played UCLA. In the Rose Bowl, Saturday night, UCLA is the team that's known for edge rushing, sacks, tackles for loss, one of the leaders in the country. You have Leatu Latu, who's competing for the Bednarik Award, but it was Reese who was unstoppable. Three sacks, forced fumble, 12 total pressures, leads all Week 13 defenders in that category. So Reese David Reese of Cal is our Bednarik Award Player of the Week. And finally, Sean Alexander, Freshman of the Week, a kid we've mentioned before, Noah Fafita, the quarterback of Arizona. Remarkable story. What's happening in Tucson has been incredible. Fafita, five touchdown passes against rival Arizona State on Friday. 527 yards through the air. That is a school record. He now leads all freshmen in touchdown passes. And passer rating. Had he not played, had he not missed the September portion of the season, this kid might have been a Maxwell Award semifinalist. Great job, as always, there by Rich Sermonello, the Maxwell Minute, uh, keeping us up to date. And yes, Joe, it is very sad, as Rich said, that the regular season has come to a close. Like we talk about this, me and you, obviously doing the radio show, doing this all the time. We like wait months and months you like have the calendar out starting in february this many days till college football this many days and i know that you start to feel a little sad uh this time of year you it starts to hit you that yes you still have nfl and in january you'll have nfl playoffs and you'll have the super bowl you have those things but when you lose college football joe it's like every year just a little piece of you is gone until august uh and it's tough for you to get that it is. It's like it's like climbing Mount Everest. It really is, Carver. I get depressed in terms of this time of the year. Outside of the bowl games, you know, if there wasn't the Sun Bowl, I don't know what I would do to keep me obviously occupied, right? But we have these bowl games coming up. We heard Rich talk about the three players. And you know what's interesting is Noah Fafita. What are the odds that he's still with Arizona next year, right? That is the biggest question as all these quarterbacks like Cam Ward are getting lured with NIL deals to potentially skip down. Is Jeff Fish still the coach in Arizona next year with all of these openings? So that's going to be the intriguing aspect in terms of the offseason this year. Uh, when we come back, Joe, I'm going to get into uh, our final best and worst against the spread for college and, um, of course, a look at some of the odds for these championship games coming up this week. But in this last uh, minute or so here, the Crack Crab and Lobster Committee, the College Football Playoff Committee tonight, final rankings before these championship games, and then, of course, the final decision on who makes the playoff coming up on Sunday morning. Do you expect... Who do you let me ask it to you this way? We know that Georgia and Michigan are still going to be one and two. Who's sliding into three and four with Ohio State losing? They're probably going to put Oregon, Washington, and Florida State there. I still think, you know, obviously I would put Florida State in the top four, but I think it's going to be both Pac 12 teams knowing there's an elimination game. And you're uh, pretty, you know what? I. 
I guess. So you think that last week they had Washington flip flop over them. You think they'd have Oregon flop over them too and make that game three versus four on Friday night in Vegas, knowing that one of them is losing and they're going to be dropping back out of it anyway. Uh, and you know right. how these guys just work. The they, with, uh, just what they did with Ohio State and Michigan, right? We knew that right. you put them both in, you give them the benefit of the doubt. It's curious, to, does Texas jump Florida State? That is a curious one. Uh, I, where, do, what did they think of Florida State's performance with Rodemaker on Saturday night against the Gators? I think you'll get a gauge of that when those rankings come out tonight as well. And they'll try to improve upon that against Louisville this week. All right, Frell Coast to Coast on a Tuesday. Carver High and Joe Lisi for Scotty. We'll come back. More college football next on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And we are back. Pharrell, coast to coast on a Tuesday. Carver High and Joe Lisi in for Scotty on SportsGrid and SportsGrid Radio. It's great to have everybody with us here today. All right, Joe, uh, for the final time this season, uh, to piggyback off of the end of the regular season, is the best and the worst against the spread. Who came out on top, Joe? Well, like I said, they always include um, – the lower-level teams on this as well. So that Lafayette team went 11-1 and against the number this year. God bless them. Uh, New Mexico State, 11-2. UNLV, 10-2. Arizona, 10-2. Oregon, 9-2-1. San Jose State at 9-3. Jacksonville State went 9-3. Uh, Virginia, Joe. I think if there's one team that I look at and I go, whoa, Virginia was awful this year, but they were, I guess, not awful against the spread. They were 8-3 and three against the spread, Joe. So nice job by the Cavs. Yeah, I mean, Tony Elliott and the, and the kids, you know, played hard for much of the season, just couldn't get the outright wins as double-digit underdogs for much of the regular season. Hopefully they can build off that in year number three with Elliott at the helm. I will say LSU was on there. Three, three losses all came in, in terms of the Alabama, Ole Miss, and Florida State. Those are the three losses right there. Although I don't think they covered against A&M. So they were a 12 and a half point favorite. They won by 12. So I don't. I guess it is depending upon where you shop around uh, for that spread. I will say Oregon dominant, Arizona dominant. That's why they shouldn't even play the Pac-12 championship game. Oregon's just that good. So good. They just win on the field no. outright against the number. Best team in college football. Why, why should Washington even step out on the football field Friday we- night? We will get there, uh, Joe. We will get there for Oregon and Washington on Friday night. The worst teams, the ones that matter. Vandy, Clark Leah, uh, what a down. Uh, I guess really, I mean, both. he's really just been bad the whole time he's been there. But 2-10 and ten against the spread this year for Clark. People thought that he was on the up after last year. Not so much. Illinois, 3-9. and nine. Minnesota, 3-9. and nine. A bad year for P.J., Joe. When yeah. you talk about rowing the book, 5-7 and seven overall. Three and nine he had one number. more. He had one about a half an hour, really. USC was three and nine against the spread. Baylor That's three good. and one. I saw Aranda's going to be back, uh, and Georgia, of course, uh, is the team at the bottom of that list. Uh, yeah. But I'll say this: and they didn't cover against Georgia Tech this past week. But when they needed to turn it on in the SEC, 
down the stretch. Uh, they certainly did that, Joe. When you look at the games against Tennessee and Ole Miss, uh, they turned it on down the stretch there. And Kentucky, those were the three wins. Yes. Kentucky at home, Ole Miss at home, and Tennessee on the road, three of their biggest step-up spots. And let's not forget, you're talking about back-to-back -back national champions that were laying a, a huge numbers. I mean, they laid 40 and a half to UAB and, and Trent Dilfer like week number three. So, you know, obviously some games they walk through the motions and not the same offense with Carson Beck at the helm. I will say Mississippi State with Zach Arnett, he was terrible. He was he deserved to be in a tough situation, granted. But he looked Very like a deer situation. in the headlights. He just looked like he was clueless. He didn't know how to make halftime adjustments. What? He didn't cover. He just – I didn't he, ask you about like, this. What did you think of the guy they hired, though, the Oklahoma guy, the Oklahoma Jeff offensive Levy? coordinator? Jeff yeah. Levy. I mean, uh, well, here's the thing, too. On top of not covering, he totally transformed the offensive identity. They, they had Will Rogers, and they were only averaging 170 passing yards per game. They were running more than when they were throwing it. So they yeah. want to get back to, obviously, the air raid – and what Mike Leach had built there. So, you know, that Jeff Lebby's the guy to take it to the next level. Now, if he doesn't win football games, he's going to be out sooner rather than later. As you know, it's a very difficult place to – you got to recruit against Ole Miss. you got to recruit against LSU, Arkansas, Alabama, and A&M. You're up against it at Miss State. You know, it, it's tough. Yeah. I, I will say I this, disagree. though. Tough spot I to will win. say this. Uh you look at some of the other schools on there. I mean, outside of Vanderbilt, who else was on there? Uh, Virginia. Do we have the? Do we have it up there? Throw, uh, throw Illinois, some of the power Ill, uh, Illinois, Minnesota, USC, Baylor, uh, and Mississippi yeah, State. Yeah, I mean, on the USC way. to me is. The, I mean, it's crazy. We talk about you know Shanahan and the love on the on the NFL side. They love Lincoln Riley, boy. If I would have told you at the start of the year, well, you have the best offense potentially the best quarterback in all of college football. You're not going to cover games. And by the way, you're going to lose five outright games and have five losses on the resume. You think Will Ferrell, Snoop Dogg, and all the rest that were down in USC jerseys? Just toss them into the garbage pail. Chopped. Seat's, seat's going to get a little hot uh, for Lincoln next year. Paying him a lot well, of money let's be honest. Uh, for, let's be honest. for some mediocre What has Lincoln yes. Riley accomplished? What has he accomplished? He took over a program that was handed to him by, by Bob Stoops, got to the college football playoff, got outcoached by Kirby Smart in the second half of that ballgame with a huge lead. What has he really won besides a Big 12 championship? Hasn't won yeah, a Pac-12 uh, championship. He's produced, he's, uh, he's produced a lot of Heisman Trophy winners. Uh, he's That's done all that, well and good. Right, make uh, make him a quarterback win. coach. I, I don't disagree. You gotta, when, you're, when you're getting paid that much, I, forget national championships. How about winning your conference, Joe? Like, let's start there. Let's, you know, you, it's two years now in the Pac-12 where he didn't get it done, and he went down this year. At least he made the title game last year and got smoked. This year, not even close uh, with the way that they finished in that in that conference. So bad job by them all around. Here we go. Odds to win it all. Michigan plus one ninety uh, is the favorite. Georgia, Oregon now five to one. Alabama eight to one. Texas, Washington, Florida State, and they still have Ohio State on there, Joe. But as you know, Ohio State is chopped, finished. They're not making the college football playoff. Well, there's still an outside shot. I'll give you a scenario where Ohio State You have State a scenario for Ohio State. Yes, please. Yeah. Give it to me. Okay. Washington knocks off Oregon. 
Florida State loses, Texas loses, Georgia wins. Texas and Michigan and Ohio loses. State. No, How about Michigan why? losing. Was Georgia, Michigan, the winner of Oregon, Washington, and you think Ohio State would be the fourth team? If 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 well, I mean, if Texas and FSU lose, yeah. Man, that would be awful. That's Armageddon, I'm saying. But it can't that happen. That's why they're on there. I know it well, would be go, awful. Go get a ticket, just, then. Go get a ticket now, at 40 I, to 1. I don't want go get the ticket. Don't, don't you do that to me. Uh, I'm taking a ticket. I will say this. The two teams that are lethal uh, price-wise, Michael Pinnock at 18 to 1 in Florida State. I don't care that Tate Rodemaker's there. From a defense and an offensive line perspective, Florida State has already proved that they can go toe-to-toe with some of the best offensive and defensive lines in the country, LSU and Clemson. Clemson's defense was still legit, and that, that offensive line ran the football in the second half. So you can't say that if they get in, they can't run it potentially against Georgia and Michigan. I'm just saying. We shall see, Joe. We shall see. Uh, Heisman seems like it's down to two as we head into the final weekend. Uh, Jaden Daniels, who does not play this week, and then Bo Nix, who does play Friday night, as we know, for Oregon. Minus 150, yeah. plus 120 for Daniels. Uh, I would say that Penix uh, finished, Joe. I, I'm not... Uh, do you give Penix a shot if he goes absolutely bonkers on Friday night? Can he take it? Does he throw 600 yards against Oregon and win again? Uh, yeah, I guess, maybe. I guess if he did that, it would be fresh in everyone's mind, and, and he'd maybe get some votes. But I, I still think it's Daniels if, if we went yep. by the best player in college football. But I got a feeling, Joe, that if Oregon wins on Friday night, that a lot of people are just going to go by – what's in their head last, and that's going to be seeing Bo Nix on Friday night. Unless Bo Nix loses to Michael Penix, then, you know. That I think might help Jaden Daniels then. That I might help Jaden Daniels, Daniels to lose. More. I'll say this. Jaden Daniels, best uh, player in college football, hands down. I, I think that this year he has absolutely been that, Joe. I will not disagree with you as much as I want to. Pharrell, coast to coast. We will come back. Uh, we will rip through the lines for some of these bigger title games. And we got NBA tonight. We got Bucks tonight. We got college basketball tonight. We're back after this on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And we are back for El Coast to Coast on a Tuesday. Carver High and Joe Lisi in for Scotty here on Sports Grid and Sports Grid Radio. Great to have everybody with us here this afternoon. Bet MGM has you set up $1,500 first bet offer bonus code SG1500. This is for all new BetMGM Sportsbook account users. you got to download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit at least $10 into your BetMGM Sportsbook account. Place your first wager and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if the bet loses. If the bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is Settled. That is BetMGM's $1,500 first bet offer. Bonus code SG1500. All right, Joe. I have a few more things for college before we get to the NBA. Number one, I just saw this news, and I got to get your reaction to this. Uh, We obviously have a coaching carousel going on. Lots of guys getting chopped. New faces in new places. But sometimes, Joe, you can come home again. 
And Bobby Petrino, who was, of course, this past year, the offensive coordinator with Jimbo down at Texas A&M, needs a new gig. And why not go back home uh, to Arkansas? Not as the head coach, Joe, where he's, of course, had uh, multiple stints, but back to be the offensive coordinator for Sam Pittman. Hogville going wild, Joe. Can you believe it? Yeah, I mean, here, here's the thing. And I don't think, you know, Arkansas's offense was all that bad. You know, they struggled in terms of offensive line play. They had K.J. Jefferson. You know, uh, Rocket uh, Sanders was hurt for much of the year. So from an offensive perspective, I don't think that was the problem. Thought their defense needed to be, you know, kicked up a notch the way they got kicked around by Missouri and some of the other teams. But, again, we know money drives the bus. You know, Pittman did get the vote of confidence. Maybe he didn't need to, you know, hire like a, a, a splash in terms of an offensive coordinator. But I don't think Texas A&M's offense was all that lethal this year. Did you? I mean, you know, that was working no. with potentially better talent than what was there from an offensive perspective with Arkansas. So it is intriguing when we see some of these coaches move on. I mean, you know, again, we know what LSU did in terms of the West with their offensive coordinator, Denton, and and how they had one of the most prolific offenses. The pressure's on a lot of these teams to potentially challenge. Look at Lane Kiffin with Ole Miss, an explosive offense. So if Arkansas is going to compete, they need to do it on both sides of the football. But I don't know if I would have went to Bobby Petrino. And the other part to think about here, Joe, just long-term is, you know, Sam's seat was was pretty hot here. I mean, many people thought he was going to get chopped uh, at the end of this past season in Arkansas. Now you have a guy on your staff with a lot of head coaching experience who had success uh, there somewhat. Uh, So, I mean, where did you think, Joe, Arkansas or Louisville for Petrino? Where would you say? I would say Louisville probably, obviously, is where he had the more success uh, when he was there. Oh, Louisville. I mean, you know, Arkansas yeah. was a train wreck, right? And, you know, yeah. he brought that success. I mean, Stefan LaFleur, Lionel Gates, you know, Eric, Eric Shelton, and, you know, I mean, Robert McCune. That team was unbelievable. And, and when he went back team. there for the second time, didn't he have Lamar, Joe, the second time that he went back to Louisville? Right? Didn't Bobby go back yes. and he had Lamar yep. the second yep. time? Yeah. Yeah. So. And then he drafted Malik Cunningham, and that's when he went to Missouri State. Not drafted right. him, he recruited him. Recruited him. So that's why he had, right, right. There we go. We've got the Bobby Petrino yeah. path down. Uh, so but he's back in hot went, country. Would you to Petrino? I wouldn't have went to Petrino in any capacity. Like you just said, I didn't think that Texas A&M's offense was so spectacular this year that another team in the SEC should have been going and running, banging down his door uh, to bring him in as their OC. I just didn't. And now you're going to have even less talent, right, Joe? I mean, who had more talent than Texas A&M that did nothing with it, right? And now yeah. you're going to have even potentially less talent at Arkansas. I-, I can see where you're going with that. doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Let's do a few things for this week, Joe. Uh, I want to start with Harbaugh. Yeah. Of course, he has not been on the sidelines for the past three weeks, but Michigan gets it done anyway with wins over Penn State, Maryland, and, of course, Ohio State this past Saturday. Jim will be back. Saturday night in Indy for the Big Ten Championship against Iowa. He's happy to be there. Yeah, you know, and I understand the attention. Uh, me not being there was a big deal, but um, just I want, to spend, I want to spend my time recognizing 
what was actually accomplished uh, a couple days ago, you know, our team. Um, and, and maybe they, maybe they will, you know, get the credit that they're, that's, uh, that they're due, uh, but a tremendous testament to, uh, to the coaches and the players, uh, especially uh, everyone, everyone coming together and uh, the great and glorious victory for Michigan. The great, great and glorious victory for Michigan. Um, 23 and a half, Joe. In this game against Iowa, Iowa's, as we know, it's a tough watch, but they somehow get it done every year in this Big Ten West, which is, thank God, finished after this year. But a 23-and-a-half spread with a 35-and-a-half total. In fact, Joe, I saw book today that had Iowa's first-half team total at a half, as in score a point and you're a winner. Um I think that's a little too extreme, Joey. They're not going to score anything? They're not going to get no. any points against Mighty Michigan on no. Saturday Look, night? I, I've been down this road. So let me go take you back two Big Ten championships ago. Okay? The total a couple of years ago was 43-and-a-half. It was 21-3 to heading into the fourth quarter of Michigan two years ago. I thought I had the under signed, sealed, and delivered. Until Blake Corum and that offense decided to tack on 21 points in the fourth quarter because Iowa's offense was absolutely gutless. Okay, and they could they turned it over three and outs. This version, okay, of 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 Kirk Ferentz and his son that was there, okay, Brian is absolutely not gutless, pathetic. Okay, you have Deacon Hill who converts and completes 37 percent of his passes. Against Nebraska, he completed 11 of 28 passes for 94 yards, and they averaged 3.4 yards pass per pass play. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? 3.4. The guy's 265 pounds, and he can't hit the side of a barn because his accuracy sucks. They only convert 26% on third down conversions. Michigan's going to stack the box and say, come on, big game, Deke. Beat me over the top, and if you had, you, I'm telling you, you could have no, you could have garbage pails back there for secondary quarterbacks. He still couldn't hit a wide receiver wide open. No way, absolutely no, no shot, no shot. I, I'll say this: I think uh, Michigan can clean that total by themselves. The 35 and a half. I, I think that they it's absolutely. It's embarrassing that a college quarterback. Themselves. At a major program, okay, averages 3.4 yards per pass. Like, that's just pathetic. Okay, 11 of 28 passes. And I can yeah. see, wait, 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 I can see if Nebraska's defense, okay, was like, you know, back in the day, okay, with Grant Winstrom and Mike Minter and Jay Foreman and Ralph Brown, and you want to go through all the great Jason Peter uh, Peters, you want to go through all of them, we could do that. This isn't Boyd Epley in 1995-1996 Nebraska that he threw for 3.4 yards per pass play. Are we kidding ourselves? How Kirk Ferentz could look himself in the mirror and say, I've evolved as a football coach. Where's the rocker, the granite? You know, he's dragging granite behind him. I'm going to turn it into steel. He's terrible. 
<laughs> no, they're bad. And they're bad offensive football team. Good defensive team. Good special teams. Putrid offensive football team. Uh, and it's amazing that they're in this spot every single year. All right, quickly. We'll spend a lot of time on these, of course, throughout the entire week as we get closer to Friday. Oregon and Washington, you've already dropped the hint a few times here this afternoon. Uh, Washington shouldn't even show up uh, in Vegas. No. Nine and a half is now the number. Carver, Oregon is just so good. Offensive line, defensive line. They go. can run it with Rocky Irving, 200 you know, plus rushing yards per game. Bodacious. I mean, he's just so fluid. He's completing 80% basically of his pass. Yeah, I mean, Done seriously. Deal. It's, it's, I mean, it's amazing. It's like Tom Brady versus everybody else. There is no shot Washington wins this game. Give me the eight and a half. Give me the nine and a half. Give me the plus 290 on the money line. Go Huskies. Back in the day in Nap Kaufman, Beat O'Brien, Mark Brunel. Let's go. Steve Entman, too. Oregon State and Texas at the Big 12 title game. Saturday, high noon East kick at Jerry's World. 14 and a half, a very big number here. I said this to you yesterday, Joe. This game's been weird the last few years in terms of the team that was no doubt about it, TCU <laughs> last year, uh, Oklahoma State the year before that, uh, and those teams both lost outright in this spot. Uh, will Texas Just get the same fate? The dog is always barking in the Big 12 championship. Baylor, Kansas State, even when Baylor played Oklahoma, they were catching five and a half. Oklahoma won by six. They barely covered that game. Run it, Ali. Run it, Ali G. I'm with you. The, hey, horns down. I'm going for Oak State. I'm on the pokes. Mike Gundy's got the experience in this game. He lost it a couple of seasons ago. That'll be the benefit of the doubt. Just do not put the ball into Alan Bowman's hands, and we have a shot. <laughs> Coast to coast, we'll come back. NBA big slate tonight after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And we are back, Pharrell, coast to coast on a Tuesday. Carver High and Joe Lisi in for Scotty on Sports Grid and Sports Grid Radio. Happy to have all of you with us here today. And we have a big night, Joe, in the NBA, as I talked about with Coach earlier. The final night of the group stage of the in-season tournament. I know you've been following along very closely, Joe, uh, to see who's going to be in and out. Uh, tonight after these final group stage games and who will be at the quarterfinals uh, next Monday and Tuesday trying to get to Vegas uh, for the semis. Joe has got zero idea uh, who's in the mix tonight for any of these spots. But that's okay, Joe, because there's always tickets to be won, Joe, whether we know it or not, uh, who's going to be playing for what. Let me start in Boston where the Bulls are in town to take on the Celtics. Uh. Celtics minus 13 and a half. 219 and a half is the total. I'll tell you this, Joe. The Celtics need to win, and they need to win by a lot to have a chance uh, to advance to next week in this thing. That makes me think, Joe, they'd probably pound the Bulls anyway and sit everybody in the fourth quarter. But tonight, they might keep everyone out there to win by 20, 25, 30, whatever the number is. 
So I think tonight could be a good night to go in on Tatum uh, and Jalen Brown, if they care, which I'm assuming they're going to. Yeah, I don't think they care, and that's I think it's a perfect spot for the Bulls. And I was going to say, the fact that the Bulls are catching double digits, like I usually take the Bulls, the Bulls minus stuck, one, plus three. And I know, DeRozan's, Zach Levine, they <laughs> suck. I, get that. I know, but tonight I'm going to take them because now, do we really, like the, the Celtics are going to be like, we got to win this game by like, what, 40? Like it's not worth our time. Let's just get out of Dodge and we're not a – they don't care about this. I'm telling you. I can guarantee you that. I'm taking I the I got to tell you, you might be right on the Celtic aspect of things. I'm not sure if they care about this. I don't think that the big teams with the big players do care. I think there are some teams, and we'll get to a few of them here, that it does matter uh, if yeah. they're in this thing. And with a chance to the road, build some experience in what would maybe next week be a little – higher than normal uh, November, December environment in terms of not playoff style atmosphere, but as close as you could possibly get this early in the season uh, to playing in a game like that. The Raptors are in Brooklyn against the Nets. The Nets still have an opportunity to advance as well, Joe. They are minus one and a half, 223 and a half is the total in that one. I'm still waiting on a lot of guys for the Nets, Joe. This is me and Gabe talked about this earlier. It's tough. You don't really know until closer to tip. Cam Thomas, uh, Johnson, there's a few guys for the Nets that we're not quite 100% sure with, but I do like them tonight either way. Low number, I like that. I let the line indicate whether somebody's playing or not. As long as they're favored and it's a short number, I'm going to lay it with the Nets. If it was over five, I might take uh, Toronto in terms of that matchup, but the Nets are live. It's a short number. They're favored. they got to win out. Laying with the Nets, but I don't like the game. Uh, I love it in, in regards. I like the Bulls more than I like the Nets, put it that way. Hawks are in Cleveland against the Cavs. Cavs minus four and a half, 237 and a half is the total here. I like the Hawks, Joe, with the four and a half tonight. Lean to the Hawks, but I like the total. Do we have a Trey Young and a, is Donovan Mitchell back or no? Yes. Yes. Give me the over, 237 and a half. Over 237 and a half. Hawks have been one of those teams, Joe, that uh, seems like oh, every single night uh, they're not playing any D whatsoever. So even a team that's sometimes a little offensively challenged like the Cavs should be able to get over the number. Next, we have the Bucks in Miami against the Heat. No Jimmy Butler. So Bucks minus three and a half. And the weird thing about this, Joe, was it was around two and a half, three before the Jimmy Butler news. Only went to three and a half after it. That tells me, Joe, Heat are going to be in the mix tonight in this game. It's possible. I lean to the over here. Dame time, Dame time. This is a Dame time show. Give me okay. Dame time, 40 plus. That's uh, 228 and a half, Joe, uh, for that total in Miami tonight for the Bucks and the Heat. A little 228 and a half for that one. The Hornets are at the Garden against the Knicks. No LaMelo ball. He is out, and I just saw significant injury. He's going to miss some time uh, for Charlotte with that ankle. So no ball for the foreseeable future. Knicks minus 11.5, 220.5 the total. Similar spot, Joe, as I said with the Celtics. Knicks need to win and win big to give themselves a chance to advance. Yeah, but the Hornets seem to play the Knicks very tough no matter where they are. I, I'll take the 11.5 with the Knicks might win but 11 and a half, it, it opened at six and a half. 
and because of the injury now went up five points, I'll take I'll take a shot with the Hornets there. Uh, I like the Knicks, Joe, and I think Coach said the team total was 116 and a half for the Knicks. Uh, that seems like something that I'll be involved with as well. Thunder and the Timberwolves, two best in the West, Joe, believe it or not, at this point. Uh, but the Thunder are out of this in-season tournament. The T-Wolves are still in. They can win the group with a victory. Minus three and a half for them, 228 and a half the total. Yeah, bad matchup. I know everybody wants to take OKC. This is where I would take Minnesota, and I think they win by double digits. Double-digit win for Anthony Edwards and the crew. I think the Thunder will be in this, Joe. I think I'm going to take the three-and-a-half with the Thunder tonight in Minnesota. Uh, I lean to the over as well, the 228-and-a-half between those two. We'll get ourselves some points. The Rockets are in Dallas against the Mavericks. Rockets win their group and advance to next week with a win. Now, this is a young team, Joe, new coach. This is the type of team you play on here. They're getting four and a half on the road. Dallas is out of this thing already. 228 and a half is the total. I'm on the Rockets tonight, Joe. Well, let's take them on the money line then. If they have to win to get in, all right, let's do the money line and the over. All right. Have a little fun with it. Let's have some fun. Rockets tonight. And finally, we have Golden State and Sacramento late night. In Sacramento, minus two and a half for the Kings, 236 and a half the total. These two teams have played each other a lot, Joe, as we know recently. They've played some fun games, uh, wild games. I expect nothing but the same tonight. And I like the Kings at home to beat the Warriors, Joe. Uh, I I always get in trouble with this game. Is Steph going to break out? Is he playing tonight? Is he playing? Is he, is he, yes, is he he's gonna... playing, Joe. He is playing, no, no, yes. You never he's know with there. these guys. Every time I take a I total, he's a half off. <laughs> let's go for – let's take Golden State. I'll go Golden State, but I'm going to alt them up. Alt them up okay. six-plus threes tonight. Six-plus threes, alting it up. Now, that game doesn't tip until 10, 10 east, uh, right around there. So, me That's and you good. tonight uh, on the radio show – We'll uh, figure out some alts for this uh, for this Golden State uh, Sacramento game. Maybe we'll right. even throw something again. Let's make a parlay later, Joe, uh, for the Golden State Sacramento game on the radio show for the late night. Something with a lot of threes. I know Keegan Murray's out for the for the Kings tonight. We'll figure something out. Uh, there you go. Your night in the NBA. Me and Joe will be on, and we're gonna do coach tonight, Joe, because of all these big games. I so coach will parlay. be on Carver and Leesky in the first hour uh, to talk to us. We're on the Rockets. We're on the Kings. You're on the Curry Threes. Let's make it happen. College tonight. Oh, we the... got the parlay. Whoa, Joe. Got took Joe, 14 seconds to figure out the parlay. Go ahead, Joe. Minnesota minus the three and a half. Chicago plus the 13 and a half. And we'll take the Rockets money line. And if it loses, uh, we'll blame you. Well, that's your parlay. See, that's your parlay because I'm you not. You said the Rockets I'm, are alive, young team. I'm not taking the Bulls. I'm not taking the Bulls. I want no part of the Bulls. I'm not involved with you Easy with the Bulls. Tonight. The Bulls have no. They're yeah. going to be well, one then, in that number. Then well, that's yours. Them. Then you have yourself a good time uh, with the Bulls tonight, Joe. That's You can go ahead and do that. Uh, have fun. Well, There's your hero. NBA. You be, be a hero. Uh, ACC, SEC. Challenge uh, tonight, Joe, in college basketball, including a very good one between Miami and Kentucky. How about that? Kentucky minus six and a half at home, 164 and a half is the total right now. 
look, this is a fun game tonight, uh, Joe. I know that it gets a little buried here uh, with the NBA and the college football this week, but I like the Hurricanes tonight in Kentucky with those points. Yeah, the the Blue Bloods, Carver, you would like the points. This is well, they're, they're punching above their weight here. Even though maybe Kentucky isn't as dominant as they've been in the years past, this is Rupp Arena, okay? This is Lexington, Kentucky. Maybe you haven't heard some bluegrass over there, yeah. okay? Not like the waves over there in South Beach with your boy Larinetta. All right, and I know you come tournament time, Miami's a play on. Regular season, they never step up, just like the football team. Give me the Kentucky Wildcats at home, SEC rules. Battle tested, Joe. That's a battle tested ah, group please. for Larinaga. And I think that they'll have, they might not win, but I'll take the points uh, tonight there. And by the way, since you brought up the Hurricanes, your boy Van Dyke in the transfer portal, uh, as he's looking for a check uh, from somebody else. I, I don't know. It's, somebody will give him a spot, Joe. One of these uh, teams in the ACC. Where's he going to go? Stony Brook? Where's West his Virginia. Team? They like taking everybody's nah. cast offs. You know, he'll go, he'll go somewhere like that. They, they love taking guys. Cam Ward going to go to Miami, Joe? Did you see that? Cam Ward's nah, going to leave on. Washington State to go and go to play for Mario. Gonna, you get Mario. Yeah. Dickard is a better coach than Crystal Ball. Here's the rest of the ACC-SEC games for tonight. Mississippi State and Georgia Tech, LSU and Syracuse, Mizzou and Pitt, NC State and Ole Miss, Clemson and Alabama, uh, uh, the slate. night game as well. Great slate of college basketball. I tell you what, Ole Miss, uh, how about Missouri on the road? Want to take Missouri? I like Missouri. I Missouri got a good squad. How about that LSU team going into the Carrier Dome, huh? Uh, yeah, I I don't think Syracuse that good this year, so I don't mind going with LSU either. If you want to go that way uh, tonight at the Dome, Notre Dame is at South Carolina in the other game, and then the fat numbers of the night, Joe. Look at some of these. Purdue, uh, high thirties. You got a, th- a thirty-one and a half up there. You got a twenty-eight and a half for Gonzaga. You got a thirty-two and a half for Marquette. Heavy lumber tonight, Joe, across the college scene. Yeah, I could see the guy walking up to the window now. Yeah, I'll take uh, five dimes on Cal State Bakersfield outright, plus the uh, plus the twenty five thousand on the money line. Joe's just not it. He's not connected yet. He's got to get past the national championship game in college football before he can start hunkering down and getting ready for conference games and college hoops. He just can't get you know, himself into it this early. Kentucky's the play. The line, I already saw that. I saw it as clear as day. Kentucky, blue blood. Coach Wow, Cal. you're seeing you're seeing the board seeing clear this, this early in what, the season. This early yeah. in blue bloods, that's what I know. I know that Miami, come tournament time, they're one of the toughest outs. Regular season, just like the football season, Right? They never step up on the road in a big spot. Same type of situation. Well, I'll take the six and a half tonight, Joe. All right, I, think that, I think that Larinaga will have them in the mix yeah. uh, tonight down there in Lexington to take, make it happen. All right, Joe, we'll come back. Before we get out of here, I do have a bunch of hockey games for you tonight as well. So a lot to do for El Coast to Coast on a Tuesday. Carver High and Joe Lisi in for Scotty. We'll come back, wrap this puppy up right after this. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And we are back for El Coast to Coast on a Tuesday. Carver High and Joe Lisi in for Scotty on Sports Grid and Sports Grid Radio. All right, Joe, before we leave, there is hockey tonight. Uh, the Islanders are at the Rock against the Devils. Both teams have kind of been puttering along so far. Uh, Islanders plus 140 on the road. Devils minus 165, a flat six total here. Um, I'm on the under, Joe, uh, at even money. Under six, even money tonight, Islanders and the Devils. I'm going to take your Islanders on the money line at plus 135. Outright, baby. God bless you and good luck. The Panthers are in Toronto against the Maple Leafs. Minus 135 for Toronto, plus 110 for the Panthers. Panthers, of course, knocked them out in the playoffs last year, Joe. Gabe told me the number earlier. I believe it's eight games in a row between these two teams, all to the under, under six and a half, even money tonight. I guess you go with the under, although that if it was me and I was playing this game, I probably would pull the trigger and alt the total up to seven Joe's and a half. Eight, nev- but- Joe's never seen a trend that he doesn't like to stand in front of the train <laughs> as it's coming down the tracks. Hurricanes and the Flyers in Philly tonight. Flyers, of course, have been pretty good so far. Canes minus 160 road favorites there. We also have Joe Dallas's in Winnipeg. Both teams have been very good. Stars minus 120 on the road in that one. Vegas is in Edmonton tonight. Knights plus 125. So the Oilers minus 150. Six and a half total. We like the over Joe in that one. And there is the rest of the card. Kraken are in Chicago with the Blackhawks. They've got all that Corey Perry drama going on today. Pittsburgh is in Nashville tonight. Late night, Canadian, uh, excuse me, late night, we have the Ducks in Vancouver against the Canucks. Joe, great job as always. I'll see you tonight, Carver and Lisi, 8 p.m. East on Sports Grid Radio. Great job by Mafia and the crew, Gabe Morenci, Davis Maddock, Coach Young. Game time decisions is next. We will see you back here tomorrow. On Coast to Coast, I'll have a lot of the college preview for Joe. He always loves that on a Wednesday. Have a good night. Cash some tickets. We'll see you tomorrow on the grid.